Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 203. Tonight, our guest, Bradley McKinney.
Fed. How's it going, man? How's it going? What's up? Going good, buddy. How you doing tonight? Hanging out. I'm right having on. a good time. Before we get too deep into it, we want to tell everybody uh, and that is listening and watching, make sure you like and subscribe Top Hill Recording Podcast on uh, YouTube, on Instagram, everything. Earl Bowman as well. Earl, you got to tag your stuff. Yeah, follow me. Follow us. Like, it just takes a second. That's the easiest way to support the podcast. You can always send us money. I'm sure there's an address oh, for shoot. that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just like and subscribe is an easy way to do it. Um, same way here for Bradley. Find him on the internet. Yeah. Uh, Bradley, before we get too far, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm Bradley underscore MCK underscore official on Instagram. You can find my link tree on there. That's all my other socials are on there. YouTube, my website, everything. Right on. Right, right there, so. All right, I want to do that at the beginning and the end for now on, dude. So, um, all right, man. So, we, we uh, just to kind of start off, when you walked in the room, you had mentioned that it's been a year since you started as a, a, a quitting your day job and doing the full-time musician stuff. So, um, yeah, happy anniversary to, to that. Happy, no happy, yeah, happy yeah. anniversary. Tell us how that became a reality for you, Um maybe the couple years leading up to that decision up until how that last year's looked for you? Man, it was a mess of a time. Uh, I was uh, at UofL, actually. I was a jazz studies major on saxophone, and I started gigging a lot during that time. Graduated in December of 2018, and I had a year where I was starting to pick up a lot of solo piano gigs, and I was playing in a couple bands, doing some fun stuff. And then uh, that COVID thing hit, man. And I was selling health insurance at the time. I was an assistant. I was making some pretty good money doing that. Um, got promoted during the pandemic and, uh, you know, I was doing pretty well there, but music was just, it kept calling and I kept playing and I was, I was playing gigs as much as possible. I was up at French Lake doing solo piano. I was at Sealbox, started playing at the Pine Room. And I was just like, you know what? I, I could step away from this job. So in 2022, I gave myself a year and January 15th of 2023, that was uh, when I walked out. Legit and, uh, one I was year able to do this. Legit yeah, man. one year. Yeah, one good year for you. Day. I think like, that's the dream is to not, is to leave your job and just play music. So good absolutely. for you. I actually pieced that together on the ride over here. I was no like, kidding. oh man, dude, this was a year. Okay, no cool. Kidding. So yeah, so, this is nice. Has, has uh, in, in, the, in the years of, of walking away from a job, has this become a job? Absolutely. Full time. I've been uh, very fortunate. We got a lot of opportunities to play here in Louisville and um, I'm with Top Shelf Louisville right now. They keep me really busy too. So between solo piano and Top Shelf, I'm staying busy, teach a couple days a week. And uh, yeah, it's full time. It's feeding my German Shepherd dog. So <laughs> must be doing something right. No doubt. All right. So uh, what we, we'll, we'll actually go back to the very, very beginning, man, because what we always like to do for first time guest on the show is to tell us how music got uh, became a thing that you knew that you had to do take us all the way back to the very first time you can remember like this was a thing um, and then I guess if it was sax or keys that really kind of caught your interest first well uh, if we went all the way back all to the way. prologue man that's 1937 so I went around back then but my grandpa was born then and uh, he was an accordion player in Louisville Okay. I wound up opening a shop and all that. And uh, so me and all my siblings and cousins, we all took piano lessons. And uh, I started taking piano at seven, picked up the saxophone in, I think, fourth or fifth grade. And uh, I was playing in bands in middle and high school and uh, eventually went to UofL and was playing saxophone at UofL. Uh, but I stayed with piano. 
And just as kind of time went on, piano just started being more of the calling. It was there, there was more opportunity for me there. The solo mm-hmm. gigs were great. I love playing solo piano. Really? Um, oh yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, three, four hour gigs. I'll just sit up there and play sometimes whatever I want, just jam and solo. And, uh, the crowds are always great. So it's just a rewarding thing for me and I have a blast doing it. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and you're, um, when I, so Brad, my co-host, you know, Brad, you met Brad, um, last time. Cause you also were playing with Adrian. Yes, sir. I was in Adrian Taylor's band for a while. Okay. Yeah. And still keep were... in touch with him. And, uh, we, we write some together still. We actually played a show together, uh, mid-September. We did a duo show, maybe early October. Um, great time. Was that with Top Shelf or with you? No, that was just me and AJ. We did a little duo. Okay. Me and him at Village Market over there in Paris Town. Cool. Right on. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty neat. So right on, we had a good man. time doing that. Shoot, I couldn't imagine doing pianos, like solo piano. That's a lot of I'd, space to fill up. I was going to say, I feel like it would be fun. Like I I played like about that much piano and uh, uh, I can, I'll just jam on the same chords I feel like forever. And so if you actually know what you're doing, <laughs> I feel like it'd be really easy to just get into it and just play and kind of just play for hours. Like, I'm just faking it, really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, four chords, all right, we can do that in a little <laughs> pentatonic scale, right? So yeah. I, I just stick to the black keys and that will always, if you just bang on the black keys, usually you'll get pretty close to playing something. And you know, yeah, that's my secret yeah. to the faking the piano. Yeah, you yeah, eventually man. bang out superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you, uh, I think you're right. You came in you said, yeah, yeah, you've never had just a keyboard player, have you? And I was, at that point, when I was getting ready to say about Brad booking, um, a lot of times I, I don't know what we're getting. So I was like, all right, so you, do you sing too? And like, no, I don't sing. And wow. All right, this is going to be interesting. I'd be fired from all my jobs if I started singing, man. That's why They'd be like, oh, it's wild stage. that somebody that plays is that good, you know, sax and something else has a hard time singing. I know you mentioned that you you write a little bit. Do you write w- lyrics or is it just music? I have written lyrics before, but nothing that's ever seen the light of day. Uh, most of it's just music. Um, with different uh, people, I've written uh, with some hip-hop artists before. I've written with some country artists cool. before. Uh, so they might bring lyrics to me or they might have an idea. And we just kind of sit down and just hash it out and work it out. But uh, as far as my solo stuff went, I was playing so much solo music all the time. Sometimes, like this weekend alone, I played 10 hours of solo piano Friday Damn. to Sunday. That's wild. So, you know, I was just writing songs like, hey, man, this could be a cool piano piece. And I was playing a lot of classical or Bill Evans stuff anyway, just when I was jamming at home. So uh, music started to be written just based off that alone. Um no lyrics, so I didn't have to worry about lyrics or anything like that. And it, yeah, it's just kind of came together for me. So it's hmm. nice. Very interesting. It's very interesting. The, 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 just think of like 10 hours on, on a piano or on, on any instrument and getting paid. Um, what, when you do that, is it, I would assume you're more like a background, ambiance building type of, of reasoning that you're there. Oh, is absolutely. that is that more like uh, you know, like the the fancy places? That That's what I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Imagine, you, yeah, you you dress up, you wear the wear, nice wear clothes, the suit, and you, oh, you just yeah. play the damn piano. Yeah, like well, it starts it starts as background music. So I show up, I'm in the suit. It's a nice fancy restaurant. You know, I played Vincenzo's last month. I played uh, Pine Room all the time, Sealbach Hotel. I played a French Lick before. The Omni, you know, these, these are ambiance. Nice places. Oh, I mean, man, super no, sweet. 
Yeah. Uh, but what I've found is when I get in there and I start playing, you know, if I start and I'm just kind of doing some background music, nice, pretty, maybe cocktail jazz kind of stuff. Then I start playing some stuff that people recognize and they know. And then they start singing along with, I can play whatever I want after that. So, uh, yeah, it always starts as like kind of that background ambiance music. And then someone comes up and they're like, did you just play Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? And I'm like, yeah, I did. I just did that. So then, it, you know, I can play whatever I want after that. So it's, it's pretty cool, man. I have a good time. Nice. Am I right to think when I was looking you up on Instagram earlier that you slipped an Eminem song into uh, oh, yeah. a set recently? Oh, yeah. yeah. I play Eminem quite a bit. <laughs> I, I try to hide it in there, but yeah, I bring it out every now and again. So, huh. All right. So I guess the big question for me, you know, we, you did um, four songs at the top of this. And like I said, I didn't know what we were expecting. It's, it's piano tunes and they're interesting. They're cool. Like with the first one I'm looking, Colonel. Colonel Chamberlain's address to his men, July 1863. <laughs> what a title. Mouthful, right? It's a mouthful. <laughs> For somebody that doesn't write lyrics, that's a mouthful. Yeah, that's almost, yeah, you're almost written lyrics there yourself. Yeah. You know, so I guess my real question is, what do you, what is, the, is there a plan with, with what you're doing? Or is this something that you're writing these tunes not necessarily accidentally. Is there a purpose? You know, just playing 10 hours is going to lead you to do some things uh, off the cuff that are interesting enough to go, okay, I can do a little bit of this and that. But, you know, what is, what's the end game here for you? What's the goal? Uh, you know, because a lot of the people that, that we have in this room have major plans. They're, they're driving to, to these uh, gigs. They're coming in to do this thing from uh, out of town and there's a there's a a catalog of stuff that they have it's it's big and it's loud you know so like when you come in i think you played for 8 minutes total it's the by far the shortest that anybody's ever played what you said you would explain but what is the overall vision of this for you well, I kind of approached these like jazz standards almost. And I never sat down and actually wrote a single song with the intention of it being a full completed song. I, I read a Stevie Wonder interview when I was in college. He said something along the lines of he writes a song a day. It's like an exercise for him. And so if I can write maybe four chords, maybe a melody line every day, I did my exercise. I did my 10 push-ups on the keyboard or whatever. Then a lot of these, they kind of started coming together. There was a little bit more meat to them. And uh, I was playing these, you know, I mean, Pine Room on a Saturday night, that's three and a half hours, and I don't take breaks. So I play the whole time. I sit down, I start playing. 9.30, I'm done. And uh, for me, man, these songs started to kind of have some meat in them. So I was like, what if I solo over these two? So I can stretch a minute and 30-second song into a five-minute song if I wanted to. And... uh then that kind of led to some other things too. Like what if I brought a drummer and a bass player in and actually did like a trio to some of these songs. So I titled the, the EP sketches because they were sketches of songs. They were just short little, little chunks of the songs. And then when you hear me live or you hear the trio version of that later on, you're going to get these long songs with jams and solos and all that good stuff. So I kind of treat them as uh, versatile music. You know, I get to just see what I want to do with it. So, hmm. That's an interesting really way. Cool. Yeah. Interesting way to approach it, you know. Sketches. That's that is pretty neat. 
And I like that you don't write long. I, I write short songs. Most of my songs are super short, especially when I'm playing them solo and there's no one like playing solos on them. Like they're they're short as shit. Some of my songs are two minutes, two minutes, 20 seconds. And I always yeah. feel like a song's a song. And sometimes it just, it is what it is. And you don't have to go crazy at right, it. Like right. I don't write a lot of bridges, a couple verses and a chorus. And I feel like if I've got my idea out, that's enough for me. Mm. So I, I like that you have short songs. It's kind of refreshing to, some people will, play a song into the ground <laughs> and oh, sometimes yeah, I dude. felt like it's nice just to hear a tune and that'd be it mm -hmm. and I would love to hear uh, with a little band behind you too would be super cool that, that's gonna be before the end of this year you guys will be hearing Sweet. that so it'll right be on. nice right on yeah plus I guess if you it leaves it if you leave it rubberized you know with, with room to, for movement and room to uh, to be malleable and grow and do different things when you do have other people in it that makes it definitely makes it interesting and that is interesting, you know. You were that, that, having something short like that, especially with the sketches, just going. Here's just an idea. Yes, yeah, like if you want the rest, come out to a show. It's and interesting. So I like that. Yeah. Or you know, if I build a band, come out and see the band, or you know, the band has music. The other thing was, man. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of jazz, and I'm a deadhead. I know I'm not dressed like one. Spencer's deadhead. <laughs> you know, I saw Dead and Co twice last year, and uh, you know they'll they'll take a song and they'll just stretch it for. 10, 20 minutes, yeah, it's man. 20, it's 30 awesome. years. <laughs> so I think that, you know, the organic, when you're playing live, that organic uh, approach to your song, your music, that's what's cool. That's what people really like seeing live. And uh, yeah, that's why I was, I wasn't tripping on these songs being a minute and a half long. I was like, okay, hey man, I can, I can do tons of stuff with this, but this is the sketch to the song. So I think that's a cool idea. Like I said, I love short songs. I feel like it doesn't just leave room to expand them. Like I play my songs a lot shorter when it's just me than when I'm with the band. Well, I'm like, give Spencer a solo or two. Like it's fun to play when you have more people. Sometimes when it's just yourself, I mean, there is only so much you can do by yourself and you don't want to like run a song into the ground if you don't have to. So I no, like the short absolutely. songs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all about them. <laughs> yeah. I only write short songs. <laughs> I don't really aim to ever write anything. I don't aim for anything. anything. I'm just ready yeah. to be, I think I'm just lazy and it's just over. Like <laughs> the other day at band practice, my drummer was like, how long is your album? I'm like, bro, it's like, tw it's like 22 minutes. I don't know. It's short. How many songs? Eight songs. I'm like, they're all short as, they're short as shit. You know, 30 years ago, I think that probably would have been looked That's down the upon. standard. No, but I think, now I, I think it works. I, I think a lot of people like that. Well, it was the norm back before it became not the norm. Before, if you yeah, if you before, look at really old songs, Buddy Holly songs are two minutes yeah. twenty seconds. Elvis Presley songs, all, uh, all those old songs are just short and sweet and concise and to the point. Beatles tunes, two of the. All those the Meet the Beatles back I in the 60s. I would always rather want more from, like, be like, listen to the same song over and over again, then be like, I'm ready to skip it. Like, I've listened to it enough. And yeah. so I would always rather play the same two-minute song, like, ten times, than get halfway through a five-minute song and be like, all right. I think you'll have better on. quality sometimes, too. Instead mm -hmm. of forcing, like, all right, we got to write a bridge to this. Yeah. I don't want to write <laughs> a bridge to this. When you start you know? forcing stuff is when you really end up in a you take something really cool and make it something really shitty as I feel like. That's why with, for me, like when I, if I've written a couple verses I like in a chorus, I don't always need a bridge. I feel like that's just the end of the song. If, if it gets, it's, I write lyrics and so if I feel like I've, if I've got my idea out, that's all I need and it doesn't have to do be. You, uh, do you title your songs after lyrics then? I do, most yeah. Like most time yeah. I'll write the song and then like mostly base the lyric, like the title off the chorus somewhere. Oh, sweet, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
See, I, I was at a disadvantage. I didn't have lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be so, tough, dude. I was like, the oh, what am I going to name hey. this? Well, yeah, I'm this. reading, I, was, I mean, Colonel Chamberlain, That you know, that's a long title. I, I'm a huge John Mayer fan. Like, okay. I'm the biggest John Mayer fan you're going to meet. I get clowned on by my pals all the time for it. But uh, he had a tune called uh, uh, Walt Grace Submarine Test, January 1967. That was a long, long title. And I went, I kind of like a long title. I like something like that. And I was reading Killer Angels by Michael Shara uh, about the Battle of Gettysburg. I'm a huge history buff. And um, Colonel Chamberlain had this really good speech where he's just trying to get his men kind of, they, they all wanted to uh, desert. They just wanted to go home. They didn't want to be up there. And he was just like, hey, look, I'm just going to have a talk with my guys. And it was actually a really good speech. It's on the movie Gettysburg too. I was like, this song kind of sounds Civil War-esque, I guess. So let's just name it that. Long title. I fulfilled it. That's cool. But uh, <laughs> Checking a box. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, I uh, like the fact that it's a short song that's short and sweet with a really long title. Yeah, say it takes longer to <laughs> I, read yeah, the title I than dig, it does listen to the tune. Yeah, I totally dig that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I like that all, I mean, all four of your songs sounded really different too. I like, I, yeah, I felt like you definitely had some variety in there. I love, the piano is my favorite instrument. I feel like there's just something really just beautiful about the piano. Anytime I see someone who can really play it is always really just neat to me because like it it seems so simple. Everything's in order, but when you go to play it and you have no idea what you're doing, it's like, this is very difficult. But you see someone who knows what they're doing, to me, like the piano's where it's at. I love keys. Yeah, thank you, man. So you talked about kind of the uh, the joys of playing solo and being able to kind of self-express and... and uh, find your your groove and what you want to do in 10 hours of it and in a weekend the difference between that and what you do with top shelf um talk, let's talk about <laughs> that a little bit because you talk about party band uh lots of noise lots of fun playing the hits doing all the because i've know. heard of top I, like i've heard of top shelf i've seen like i feel yeah. like i've known of you all playing around and so it yeah cover bands i feel like are where the fun happens so it's a fun venture and the difference between what i'm doing solo and that is night and day mm -hmm. so when we're up there you know i mean uh we uh we played new year's eve at uh tin roof sensi packed out oh, man and uh we played jump up there by van halen i'm on the synth just acting like a complete fool, you know, <laughs> just having a blast. Uh, and it, yeah, it's a much different environment, but it's great. And all of the guys in the band are, they're super cool. The energy's up, your energy goes up, the crowd energy goes up and it's just a fun time. And those, those gigs fly for me. The, the, I mean, I'm sure those are long gigs too. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think the shortest gig I played with them was two hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know mostly yeah, cover band. Yeah, yeah, run, yeah gig, I say three right? to four hours yeah. most of the time. Three hours I think. playing four hour gig. Yeah. Well, we get to play some cool crowds too. We played at the Speed Art Museum. None of us had any idea what this uh, was going to be. We had no idea. And we walked in there and everyone was dressed up. Like, I equate it to when uh, on the Hunger Games, when the elites are having their little parties. That was how it felt like. Like everyone was dressed up. There was art everywhere. There was visual stuff going on, lights. And uh, we just got to be up there and play, and everyone was just totally having a blast. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a cool, that, that's a really cool time for me, man. I mean, it and sounds really like fortunate. you get a lot of cool gigs. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, dude, like it sounds sweet. like like if you're gonna quit your job 
and try to do it. It sounds like you're doing it. Like you're playing cool places. I'm especially too, like playing the solo stuff. Like I bet you make pretty decent money just doing by yourself at these nice places. Yeah. Not to get way into that, but yeah, I bet you do all right. Especially at the places you named. I'm sure they do all right. (laughs) Well, and it's not even always, it's not even always that, but like when you play, like I said, if you can, if you can put a bug in someone's ear when you're playing and it doesn't matter if you're in a band, doesn't matter what, where you're playing. But if you play that one song and there's that one guy that loves New York State of Mind, you know, I pull that out. Everyone loves it. Someone's going to ask for your card. You're going to get a gig again somewhere else. So it just, you know, it compounds. And the fact that people are listening to you, that's the coolest part about it. Because it's like, dude, people, that, that's awesome, man. Like, you're listening to me play piano. That's cool, man. So. there's. I, I wish that uh, I... I there's a confidence level to be able to go play something solo, you know, cause I, I play guitar, Spencer plays guitar or plays guitar. But when I think of doing something like that, uh, going and playing, it always involves singing. Always. There's never, yeah, the confidence level to be quiet during that. Do you like banter after, between songs? Do you have a microphone? Do you do any of that? Or is it just, you know, you just kind of lay back it. Cause it depends on the venue. I'm telling you, man, there's a there's a bravery to doing that that's just ballsy. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean fun, when man. you're good, yeah, like I mean you're you're good on the keys, man. Like, thank you, thank you. Like you mentioned, like playing songs, people like you know little earworms or whatever. Like you were yeah. playing like four non blondes, I think, as your and I was about to, I wanted to start singing along. I was like, oh, I can't mess up the sound check, but I was like, I know this tune. And it's cool just to hear it. Like, thank you, yeah. thank you. Actually, I did say, "What's going on?" Because I didn't know if you were going to sing or not. And I had to, right before I came in here and asked you if you were going to sing. So, what's going on in here? When are we going to do this? And I try to excellent. play songs that people would never guess a piano play. Like I've played Nirvana, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" on huh? a gig. Huh? Uh, yeah, I, I try to hit songs that people are like, I would have never thought a piano player, especially like the Pine Room, would ever play that. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of where you get that bug in people. Like that's where you catch people's attention yeah, when you do something, they up. turn their head and go, yeah. what is he just playing? Yeah. Like, is that Eminem? And it's like, it is. If I can get someone in the crowd, like at a cafe, especially in Paris town, I can pretty much see the whole restaurant. And if I'm playing something and I look around and I see someone like sit up, like they kind of poke their head up. I know I'm doing something right. That just feels great for me. So cafe is a good spot too. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So I have a question. Um, kind of wraps into to the confidence thing, and and wraps into uh, your past of growing up uh, playing, you know, playing piano and learning saxophone and all that stuff uh, in a more traditional style um, and way. How uh, is there any advice that you could give to someone that is younger or someone that? is used to playing in such a structured format, um, that being sheet music or tabs or, you know, something of that nature to be able to go out there and, um, and to sit down and not only to memorize a bunch of tunes, but also to be able to improvise upon that and not only improvise on already created music, but then like with your own tunes, you know, just, figuring out some chords and then being like, okay, well, then I'm going to do this. You know, like building up that confidence. What was that journey like? And is there any any advice that you could give to really me and, and anybody else out there? 
Oh, that's a good question. I'd say uh, practice is the number one. You, you gotta you gotta practice every day, which is always difficult to do. I try to get it knocked out in the morning. Um, practicing, transcribing a little bit when I listen, go and listen to music and try to play back what I hear. That always helps my ear. Tends to help me when I try to solo and things like that. Uh, but as far as um, you know, playing for extended amounts of time. If, there, if I had a student that would ever come to me and ask, hey, I want to do solo piano. I, I want to actually try this out. I would say, okay, get an hour of material under your belt. An hour. Make sure that's good. That's all you practice this month or the next three even. Just do that. Get that hour and get that pretty solid. And then go and get a gig. And while you're gigging, try to learn a song or two a week. Uh, that, that, ten, that was pretty much my approach to it. When you have that first hour, and I'm going to say just do pop tunes. Do, do the tunes that everyone knows and loves. Uh, because then they're not going to nag you about, well, do you also know this? Or do you know, you know, you don't have to be like, I don't know that song. That's the know? worst. I hate oh, when people, I, and they're like, I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, it, it's, it sucks when they try to shame you about it. It's like, you don't yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah, like, I don't know like, who the fuck you're even talking who? about. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like, I, my bad. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I would say just, yeah, learn some pop tunes and try to get, I, I think it was Joe Pass uh, was who said this. Um, any instrumentalist should be able to sit down for an hour and play their instrument just by themselves for an hour. And if you can do that and you get a gig out of it and people came, they threw some tip money at you. You get a free drink at the venue. Someone comes up, they take a picture with you. They say, oh man, dude, I love that. You play Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. All of a sudden, man, that's the high you need. You're going to go home and learn a hundred more songs, you know? And uh, yeah, for me, it was just like, hey, I'm enjoying this. This is cool. So it just kind of became, you know, the snowball effect over time. But I would say that first hour is essential to any instrumentalist at all. You should be able to sit down by yourself for an hour and play. And I think most venues in Louisville would hire any, I think a didgeridoo player could get an hour gig if they wanted, man. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, get that hour under your belt and you're, you're golden. Great great advice. It's yeah, great, advice. great advice. It really is. Yeah. I feel cool. like, like, like that's like the most nerve wracking thing when you first start going to gig is like, do I have enough material? Like how yeah. long am a set am I doing? But yeah, I feel like if you can do an hour and it's a quality hour, even if you end up having to split like a three hour set with a buddy or something like just to get through it, it's yeah. If you can do it, you, you got to be able to do an hour. But so, even splitting is not a bad thing. I love I mean, splitting. It's cool. I split time all the time. Like yeah, that's what most of my sets are. You can that way. Then you got two people marketing your gig now instead of one. So yeah, twice. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like we, if we each bring five people out, it'll, there'll be 10 people there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like playing a dead room sometimes. You can play whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can just go, yeah, do whatever nope. you... <laughs> nope. I play a lot of empty rooms. I've done enough of that. I've, done, I've played enough uh, to enough dead rooms and not want to play it anymore. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, we're going to move on to Weston's questions. We haven't done that in a long time. We haven't time. done it in a couple of episodes. I'm telling yeah. you, man. It's been a minute. All right. I'll start with the first one. Tell us a non-music thing about you, like a fun fact that you want to share. And I know that's, this is everyone's favorite fucking question is a fun fact, but what is <laughs> What is there something about you you want to share? I'm a huge hiker. I love to hike. Um, we're actually right by one of my favorite trails in the Louisville area, Siltstone Trail. Yes, I love sir. that thing, man. I love it. Um, I've been fortunate to be able to backpack in a lot of places. 
Um, I've hiked and climbed a lot of mountains. Uh, I hiked up to the top of Mount Etna in Sicily. That's the volcano in Sicily. I did that. And this past summer, me and one of my best friends, we, uh, we summited Mount Elbert in Colorado, the highest peak out there. No kidding. So well, how many, I, uh, how many feet is that? 14,400. 144, huh? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was it was up there. I've got a nephew that lives out there who's a uh, he loves climbing and uh hiking and he lives right outside of El Dorado. Oh, oh man. my god, dude. It was gorgeous out there, man. It's beautiful. My my buddy, he was living out there at the time and I got to crash on his couch and we we bought this just shitty tent and just stayed in there a couple nights and just went hiking and it was it, man, it was awesome. So Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good that's fact. A great that's one. the best. Yeah, we haven't asked this question in a little bit, but that's the best answer in a while. So yeah, no doubt. It's a hard. It's it's nobody's favorite it's, question. But, it's uh, not a hard question. <laughs> it is. If you don't have a fun fact about you, like that's like a nightmare. If 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 you don't do anything cool, and someone asks like, "What's like a hobby?" Like I say all the time in my set, like I hate when people ask what my hobby is. I'm like. It's smoking weed, and so that's my only <laughs> hobby right now. It's a great hobby. Yeah, I know. I used to, I used to always joke that I used to say music's my hobby, but music's more than a hobby. So now it's just smoking weed, and so you got to can't say that all the time. That, that's yeah. the best. I mean, oh, I do. You can. <laughs> the next question is a little more fun, and I, and I know you do tons and tons of gigs. So tell us about like a nightmare experience you've had at a gig, or something. Oh man, interesting or awful that has happened. I'm pretty fortunate that there have not been many bad gigs. Um, and part of that's just because of my attitude about it. I just love to get to play. Yeah, you just said you love, uh, you like empty rooms sometimes. So I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is no such thing as a nightmare. Hey, you, you got an empty room with like a cute server walking by and you're playing all her favorite songs. You know, that's a good <laughs> hey, night, girl. man. What do you want to hear? Night. Hey, girl. It is <laughs> your the favorite The post-gig sesh works out pretty well with that. But uh, Hey, girl, you ever heard Piano Man? <laughs> 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 I have no Billy's solo on it. <laughs> now, um, I think uh, really when I used to play uh, weddings as solo piano player, not the cocktail hours. The cocktail hours are cool. You just sit down and play Daughters by John Mayer for an hour. Mm -hmm. Everyone's happy. But uh, yeah, the ceremony whenever itself. you're Oh, man. Yeah, because here's what here's what happens, and it's it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's not a bad thing, but you go in with the hey, tell me what I need to do, and you're talking with the bride and the groom, and they tell you what they want, and then wedding day comes around, and the bride's mom gets involved, uh -huh. the groom's mom gets involved, and the groom's mom's neighbor's second grade teacher's dog gets involved, and then the next thing you know. They're requesting songs that you don't know, and then they're pissed off. Are you even professional? It's like, well, I asked for a repertoire list six months ago, and this is what I was given. Sorry. So yeah, uh, I've been practicing these songs for six months <laughs> for hours on end. And I will yeah. say, though, they're, uh, usually you get a wedding request song, it transitions pretty well to solo repertoire. So yeah. you just kind of keep it in the bank for the next time, but... Yeah, every now and again, that gets a little stressful. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I don't think I've ever had any nightmares, knock on wood. Uh, nothing too crazy. But every now and again, yeah, you'll get that. You know, people start coming up to, well, do you also know this? This, this wedding's going to be a disaster if you don't. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> it's like, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm just trying to, trying to play and get <laughs> Have you home. met the groom? He's terrible. <laughs> You're going to blame it on me? This wedding's not going to work out because of the piano playing? <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. People always, I hate, like, we, 
mentioned earlier. I, requests like stress me out. Like when I do my set, a lot of times it like I do split time and I do like all originals. Sometimes people are like you know this. I'm yeah. like I just play my own shit, man. That's all Good I know. Good for you though. Like, Good for you, man. It's like why why don't you play this? I'm like because I can't sing. Like I <laughs> like I just play what I play, and if you don't like it, tough shit. You get oh, what you get. Honest Earl. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you you gotta stand by yourself though in those situations. Yeah, exactly I mean, what you're like, if, like, yeah, hey, every now and then play. someone will be like, "Do you know a Bob Dylan tune?" And I'll be like, "I do actually know one. I'll play." But uh, <laughs> most of the time, it's like, "Hell no, I don't know what you're talking about." And it's the worst when you don't even have any idea, like we said, what, who the oh, even yeah. artist is. And I'm hey, like, man. "I don't know who that is." And they're like, "You don't know who blah 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 is?" And you I'm don't like, know who the blow. Do you even play music? <laughs> I'm like, I'm cashing the check, bitch. Like, I don't know. Like, you don't know hold my hand by Darius Rucker <laughs> yeah. before he was with the Darius Rucker. Yeah, we want yeah some hoodie. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I was, I was, it's good that you haven't had bad gigs. No one wants bad gigs. I think it's a mentality thing too. You it know, is. At the end I of the mean, day. it is. It is. Yeah. Like I mean, everyone's been in situations that Ooh, I don't know. You you wish were better. <laughs> as long as you can hey, get through. I'm not gonna wood over here, uh, man. I'm, <laughs> I know you be a guest again, and you'll have a big list of stories because like, you, you know said that mentality that. thing with it. But I, uh, yeah, <laughs> this question. Maybe it's a little bit easier. Tell us the last local artist you listened to. It could be local to Louisville or to the state or to the region if you don't listen to a lot of local, local music. Oh, man. Uh, shout out to Blaze Grudy and Trap King Kai, man. I listened to them actually earlier today. Blaze posted on his store. I, I was a saxophone player at UofL, and that's where I met Blaze. And uh, I was working, before I went to music school, actually, I was working at Bob Evans. Um, which I, I'm, that's like a Vietnam veteran flashback for me. Like, I just want to <laughs> block that out. But one good thing that happened from Bob Evans was, uh, I met Trap King Kai back <sighs> then and me and him met and we would, uh, I was like 19 and we would just sit in the back and just debate hip hop all shift. That was all we did. And, uh, yeah, I guess Blaze posted on his Instagram story today and I was like, oh man, I like that latest EP they put out. So I just kind of threw it on on the car nice. ride over to the bank so yeah, yeah, it's a uh, Blaze and Trap. They're they're good guys, man. Uh, yeah, I check out Blaze all the time, uh, and and Trap, but Blaze in, in particularly because of having the kid that's uh, into the sax right now. I've kind of tried to lead him down the the Instagram paths of Blaze is the guys. guy to be around, man. Yeah, man. yeah. He's, uh, you speak about good mentality. He's got always has a great positive mindset and always happy. Always. Oh yeah, good vibe. yeah, great, great positive guy. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. So I think uh, to all our listeners that want to follow you, come check you out, come watch a solo gig, um, anything, anywhere they can find you, follow you, listen to you, tell us where that is. Yeah, well, you can follow our uh, Top Shelf page on Facebook or Instagram. You're going to see all of our events and where we're at, all our public shows, and we got plenty coming up this year. Um, if you want to follow me and, and see what I'm up to, I'm on uh, Instagram, Bradley underscore MCK underscore official. And in my bio, I've got my link tree so you can find all my stuff. I'm always posting every week where I'm going to be at and uh, every day when I'm going to be somewhere. Right now, my most consistent gig is the cafe in Paris Town on Sunday mornings. I play 11 it's a to great 2. great spot. Man, it's awesome. Great food, great it's music. Awesome. Yeah, I love the cafe. They I treat live me right pretty by well. There. Oh, you do? Oh, yes, nice. I do. I nice. go there every, yeah, quite often. Yeah, it's, it's a cool morning, spot, man. man. I'll have to, yeah, to catch, you, catch you there. Nice, nice. Right on. Well, uh... Guess make sure you check us out. Yeah, follow Earl. us. We'll, we'll follow you. Yeah, Where are you follow, at? Yeah, I'm on anywhere you have social media. Earl Bowman Music. Please follow me. I need it big time. That's <laughs> the only way I can book shows is if people follow my fucking page. So. <laughs> I have to make it out to Z Bar and start requesting like uh, Mariah Carey. Dude, yeah, or do some it, shit. please. Yeah, you yeah. also need to start uh, doing 
you know, promoting yourself on here when we close and say, yeah, hey, well, I, yeah, we'll follow. Yeah. Follow the podcast. Like it's, it really is the easiest way to support it. Like yeah, I said, I'm sure, sure Neil will take checks and other things too, but I don't know if I can take checks, <laughs> but just, yeah, just support the page, support the artists that come on. It's, it's really, it's, it's so simple to do. It just takes a second. Just yep. if you enjoy the, what we do, just find us. You can find us anywhere that you're, you're on social media. If you're listening to this, follow us. 100%. It's easy. Easy peasy. Spencer, where can they find you at, buddy? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at spencer.corbin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do um, luthier side work. So go. if you need a setup or uh, some new pickups or anything in the matter, uh, please feel free to hit me up. Hit that man up. All right, y'all. Check us out next time on Top Hill Recording Podcast. Like, subscribe, follow us on YouTube. Do all that stuff. Thanks. Whoop, whoop.